Welcome to Pros and Cons, a show about random topics. I'm Kev. And I'm Jack. Let's talk about Pixar. AKA that company with the lamp. Was that like the most famous lamp of all time? Easily. I mean, nothing else I can think of even compares to it. Yeah, I wouldn't say there's many famous lamps out there. And also one of the best intro animations period ever. I mean, there's some other good ones in that category, but... What's the better one? The Pixar lamp stumping the eye or the Disney firework over the castle? Personally, I think Pixar, but the Disney one's pretty good too. Yeah, there's like some beauty into the Disney one. And it's like this grand opening type thing with the music and all that. But style wise, I think I would go with the Pixar one. It's just simple. It's cool. Yeah, it's timeless. So yeah, for the episode, we're going to obviously talk about Pixar, a little bit of its history, all the legendary films, because that's what they are. They're like Drake albums out here, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) just timeless, part of history, everyone's seen them. Yeah, and then after we talk about it, at the beginning, we'll get into the top five pros, top five cons that we've done as a format recently, and then talk about some upcoming stuff at the end, but... What's kind of your earliest Pixar memories or how you got into it? So here's the thing. My earliest, I guess, film, I'm not quite sure on, but it's between two. Okay. One of them, you'd expect just Toy Story, but it could have also been A Bug's Life. Mm -hmm. I remember watching both as a kid. I just don't remember which one I saw first. And I weirdly remember A Bug's Life more than, like, Toy Story. At least, like, back in the days, back in DR, you know, like, popping the VHS in. I definitely remember watching A Bug's Life back then. And I have a nostalgia for it because it was one of those early young movies. But Toy Story 2 is, I think, from what I remember my parents telling me, was the first movie that they brought me to in a theater. And I do have, like, vague memories of it. The very first Indeeder experience for Pixar with me? I think I remember a story about this. It was Finding Nemo, right? Finding Nemo with Miss Honus. Shout out to her. Or actually, (laughs) it was like a school trip. I think we went as a school trip. I don't even remember what grade, but it was 2003, 2004, whenever that was. And, yeah, your boy didn't really know English like that, but I remember really liking the movie. I feel like we were pretty much the prime target, almost like the Pixar generation, you know? We're both born in 93. Toy Story came out in 95, so we were obviously too young to see it in the theaters, but we were, like, right on time for everything else after that with A Bug's Life in 98, Toy Story 2 in 99, and all the stuff after, so... Before we even go deeper into the actual films and whatnot, let's just do a little bit of background, a little bit of history on Pixar, because maybe you guys don't know. Yeah. Pixar is actually like a little older than you might think. I mean, it kind of depends how you look at the start of it, quote unquote, because they didn't put out their first movie until Toy Story, which was in 95, but they started as a company before that, so. Yeah. So you said 1995, but technically they started as a company in 79, which is wild. Think about that. Like a company starting now in 2020, but they don't put out their first thing and make their mark until 2036. Crazy math right there. I would have never been able to do that, but that's about (laughs) right. It is pretty insane. And it was part of like Lucasfilm's computer division, which you guys might know, like from Star Wars and yeah george lucas and yeah they were pretty much like a technology if i'm remembering correctly it was like computers Mm -hmm. and doing animation through i mean talk about computers in 1979 i mean yeah (laughs) you're not talking about imax and macbook pros and shit like that nothing anywhere near that but speaking of that they did have a run-in that led to kind of their success with Apple's own Steve Jobs. Mm-mm-mm. The turtleneck <laughs> god. Where basically him being kind of forced out of Apple in 85 led to him investing in them in 86 when no one else wanted to invest. And this was all 
while he was also doing the next company literally that was the name for anyone who's not familiar with him n-e-x-t but he invested in pixar and he eventually invested so much that he was kind of in charge of the company had the most stake and made himself the ceo in the 90s i think it was 94 it was before toy story came out but also during that time they were making short films got some attention for that and then they had the goal of making the first fully computer animated feature film. And that's what Toy Story came to be. And once that happened, they blew up from there. And there's no turning back after Toy Story. But it was a bit of a struggle to get there. I mean, yeah, just look at the years that it took. It is insane. Like, I don't know if you've gone back to like, rewatch the original toy story Mm -hmm. and it looks good like we see like pretty much remastered versions of them but yeah i think it holds up really well yeah the only difference i see is like some of the textures and stuff for sure have gotten better and i mean movements and whatnot you know technology has gotten better but no i mean yeah they've definitely improved it but it was so ahead of its time at that point yeah like it's low-key impressive as fuck like again we're talking about 1995 computing and technically that's when it dropped they're doing this shit way before then probably years and this was the first of its kind also for like i said the first fully computer animated feature film so for this to set the bar and still be one of if not arguably still the best of all time even the fact that you could make the argument when it was the first ever to do it is pretty crazy hell yeah and obviously it would take an intellectual that might you know only wear black turtlenecks to realize (laughs) like how impressive and important a company like that is and obviously like it paid off yeah and we both read steve jobs biography maybe a decade ago or so that we read that at this point probably a little later but do you remember reading about the pixar stuff in that yeah low-key was like one of the things i was most interested in because If I remember right, it happened, like, a little bit after his passing. The book. We were, like, in college, yeah. I think you put me on, like, oh, it's actually pretty good, like, give it a try. And I think around the same time, Toy Story 3 was out or coming out. Yeah, exactly. It was, like, 2010. It it had just came out. Yeah. Because that was 2010. I think Jobs died in 2011, so. Yeah, exactly. So, it was one of those things where, like, around the same time I was watching these films and... This is also when I was getting into film and, like, really liking that. And believe it or not, I didn't learn until probably right around that time that Steve Jobs had anything to do with Pixar. I want to say maybe when he died that, like, you know, people started posting the shit he's, like, responsible for. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? Like, he really, quote unquote, ran Pixar at a point? Like, that's pretty Yeah, literally the CEO. That was something I was for sure looking forward to when I was reading the book. It was, like, probably my favorite part to read. Yeah, I don't remember when I found out he was involved with them, but I definitely remember the book giving a lot of insight into, like, the details on his involvement and how exactly he worked within there. And it's pretty crazy to think about him playing such a big role in a company like this, where even if he had done nothing else in his life with Apple and everything else, this alone would have been a legacy. Facts. I think it speaks to... You know just his talent and vision in general and people who dislike him sometimes that's for his personality where he could have like anchor issues and stuff like that with trying to get people on board with his vision and being an asshole if they didn't agree and also not being the best dad and husband etc but in terms of the context of pixar he was like a different person there from apple where Pixar, he could come and just be a lot more relaxed and he wasn't involved in like all the crazy details like he was at Apple. He could just do more bigger picture stuff, but also see a lot of the things going on and give input and etc. and be like a champion for them. So I think his involvement for them seemed like a really positive thing for both sides, for him and for them. And, you know, he eventually went back to Apple as CEO, but was still working at Pixar at the same time, which is also crazy. But it's just 
cool to think about that as part of both of their legacies for him and for Pixar. And like you said, he was just like a different person, at least with this project, if you want to call it that. Where like with Apple, it was almost like he was trying to bring it up and make it like this badass, like racing it. Like I hear people say this shit where like parents try to like race you strong, you know, like clean your room, blah, 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 do this. But then when the grandkids come, they're like completely different. Like, oh, here, have candy for (laughs) breakfast, you know, like let's go to McDonald's, let's do this. And it was almost like his kid was Apple. But then, like, Pixar is, like, his grandkids, and now he's just about fun, and he's just a different person, and it kind of shows. Damn, that's a good analogy. (laughs) Wow. I mean, you know, (laughs) sometimes I say smart shit or interesting shit, but I don't know. It kind of made sense. Before he died, he also helped them with the sale to Disney, who Pixar had been partnering with over the years, but that was obviously a much bigger thing. And yeah, Pixar's gone on to have 20 Academy Awards, some of the highest grossing animated films all time, like a bunch in there, and basically created a whole animation industry. This is all with, I feel like, not even a big catalog of films. Like, sure, they have a lot, but you would think that they have plenty more. And in reality, like, the company's still young. But that they've, like, accomplished all this and have already, like, made a stand to be, like, responsible for some of, like, the most well-put-together animation films is insane. I know I joke around and I say, like, oh, they don't miss. But for real, I feel like I could truly say they don't miss. I know this is pros and cons and we'll be (laughs) getting into some cons, but... The medium of animation allows them to be perfectionists from start to finish. Like, they can plot out, you know, every single frame, every single detail. They can just perfect every part of the whole thing. It's not like with other movies that are live action where you can only do so many reshoots, if at all, and have certain limitations. Like, animation, the world is yours. You can do whatever you can imagine. I mean, obviously, it's evolved over the years with technology, with what they've figured out, but... Also, like you were saying, in terms of them being kind of a young company still, they're also very iterative. Everything they do builds on top of each other. So everything they learn from one film, they can bring into the next. I feel like that's a good thing for the company, that they're just not throwing out, like, I don't know, five, six films a year. It's like, nah, they pick and choose and really refine every film they put out there, even if it's just one a year or even less. Yeah, they're just very reliable. You can count on them to deliver something really well made, really well thought out, great visuals, a certain style to them, just a lot of care into all the details. All tend to be super relatable, whether they're about toys or fucking dinosaurs or whatever it is. You find a way to relate to them. And you're thinking like, oh, you guys are talking about animation? As in like, you know, animated for kids? You know, like Tom and Jerry. (laughs) I feel like this is one of the things that Pixar does really well. And it's like, yeah, they are animated films. But I don't know if they're like intended for kids. But whoever's making these films is fully aware that adults are watching this with kids. I mean, like, again, we're talking about Soul. It's like the latest Pixar film that's been released. Imagine showing Soul to your, I don't know six-year-old kid is he gonna understand the movie probably not yeah i mean they've talked about how they did test screenings and kids actually understood it pretty well but at the same time they're not gonna especially with like a soul really grasp the full concepts but yeah i mean i think some more than others in that way but i think that they make things that can appeal to all ages and also if or when you rewatch them as you get older you notice or feel different ways about it at different times of your life. And I think there are other kids' movies where parents can get so annoyed watching them with their kids, or they think it's just a dumb, stupid, light movie. But with Pixar ones, it's something made for them, too. Yeah, I mean, there's usually deep meaning behind every movie, I feel. At least that I can think of. There's one or two Pixar movies I haven't seen yet that I haven't caught up to but 
out of all the films that I remember watching, there's always like a deeper meaning. And yeah, like, so I'm pretty sure a kid could possibly understand it. Because essentially, like, little lessons, you know, even Toy Story and stuff, like, oh, friendship and love. And it is for sure something that, like, Pixar films do really well. It's like part of their identity, I would say. And speaking of Soul, which you're talking about, that is their latest release and kind of what gave the idea to do this episode. We've been thinking about doing it ever since then. And it was a little different than usual, just even in terms of the release. Originally, it was intended for theaters, but because of the pandemic, it went on streaming, went straight to Disney+, Plus, was also released on Christmas. And like I said, it was during the pandemic, which I think impacted kind of how it was received too, because that goes along in a way with the theme of the movie, which for anyone who hasn't seen yet, not a big spoiler, but it's pretty much this guy who is a middle school band teacher. He gets this music gig that he wants, but then he dies, and then he's trying to get back to go to that and pretty much it's about pursuing your passion or goals compared to living kind of the rest of your life and other things besides that but what did you think about it overall i'll start off by saying i liked it if you guys don't know represents new york city strong you know that's always a bias yeah and the first pixar movie ever to feature new york too new york representing color the character is black i don't know if jack mentioned it not that that's crucial but throw that out there i went into the film not fully knowing what to expect you know me i don't watch trailers or anything like that or at least i avoid them i watch some trailers but we were kind of talking about a few little things that you get used to seeing when it's a pixar movie death is one of them people (laughs) die in pixar films even though they're meant for a younger audience but again, like we mentioned, there's parents in here too watching. Or just young adults like us. You also mentioned earlier that, at least for us, the 1990s kids, possibly even a little younger, were like the perfect generation for the, the Pixar films. But now we're grown, you know? And these films hit when it comes to like their messages and, you know, like the moral of the story and shit and what you take from them and... I'm the type that gets easily inspired when I watch it. Like, if I catch a Bruce Lee movie, I'm going to come out the theater throwing (laughs) kicks. I just come with that energy. I think I got it from my pops. But (laughs) I would say that Soul for sure succeeded with this. I, like, watched it and was like, fuck, that's kind of deep. Kind of sat with it. Now I kind of need to rewatch it because I also forget shit really easily. But I really like the message behind it sound was incredible animation was incredible again like i don't really want to spoil much of the movie for those that haven't watched it since i mean yeah you've had time to watch it but it's still kind of new but there's like animations of like souls and out-of-body characters i don't even know how to explain them i was going to mention that my favorite design character in it are the quote-unquote counselors aka the jerry's who are like these stick figure characters that feel on one hand very basic and like anyone could draw them but at the same time they feel extremely futuristic to me Mm. and i just think they look really cool yeah they're like one line drawings right like i don't know that for sure but they look like one of those continuous line drawings yeah they're like a picasso style abstract stick art one line drawing type thing yeah and what i was gonna bring up with that is that these were probably the most bland and boring visuals in the movie yet they were still dope and worked like you just said like it was simple but it's the apple way you know it's like the apple logo (laughs) i mean technically this isn't an apple episode but it it just like fit perfectly and obviously you guys kind of see how i feel about the film but i'll save my actual rating for later but what about you what do you think about Yeah, I would say I definitely liked it also, and I don't really have complaints, but I also wouldn't say that I'm at like the top tier of where the hype is around it. I feel like some people were so blown away by the message and 
it like made them rethink their life and all this stuff and I feel like it wasn't that groundbreaking for me in that way I feel like I've been hearing that kind of message and stuff since high school but I mean real quick that was almost me but then I took a nap and woke up and was like yeah (laughs) hi it's just a film yeah I've heard this before (laughs) but again like I said while you're watching like it did a really good job of doing that no yeah I mean I think you have to also bring yourself back to this is a movie for younger kids too and if people in high school or middle school or whatever are feeling like it was life-changing in any way or made them rethink stuff and even adults I saw saying the same thing if it had that impact on people great I mean obviously it did so that's dope and on a technical level I think it was great all around like you said I really liked the jazz stuff brought into it which is a genre that is both interesting in itself but also works within the movie well and also like you mentioned this is a black main character which we haven't seen in pixar before and it was also co-directed by kemp powers who's the only and first black co-writer and co-director to do a pixar film to date and i think he did a great job he also ironically enough did the writing for One Night in Miami that came out on the same day on Christmas, which is a movie that's Regina King's directorial debut. So this is a guy with no other past film credits, and he has these both launch on the same day. So that's a pretty crazy thing for him. And he worked with Pete Docter on it, who is kind of one of the core members of Pixar. And he's also directed like monsters inc up inside out and had his hand in everything across the company but yeah i mean i think the film was just well done overall i don't really have many complaints about it i'll also save my rating for later with that said let's get into the top five pros yeah so before we start off real quick we're gonna group together any movie that has like sequels to it So like a Toy Story or whatever, just merging that as one just to make things easier so we could pick multiple different stories for each. And then, at least for me, I'll say that I was factoring in a combination of overall concepts, the movie itself, like how it flows and everything, the visuals, animation style, and then a combination of my first watch and like what that experience was like, but also the rewatchability and I would say I'd seen most Pixar movies but before this episode I also filled in some gaps and did some rewatches so yeah and then we'll go five through one for the pros leading up to the top so I'll start it off with number five for me which is Inside Out and I think this has maybe my favorite concept of any Pixar movie the execution I think is good just not like I feel like if this movie was made even in 2020 or in like 2025 instead of when it was which was I think 2015 it would have been much better it's not bad it's just I think the concept is better than the actual movie so it makes my top five but it's at number five And we actually saw this together in the theater, too. Yeah, I do remember that. Some good times. uh, But with that said, my number five, we just talked about it, Soul. Yeah, Soul is actually my number four. And it's close with Inside Out, but I think Soul has better execution and it's just a better movie all around on a technical and story level and everything it's just better put together, so I put it above that. I almost didn't want to give Soul the respect yet, because it's too new, you know what I mean? Well, that's another thing. You know, we're talking about Soul, but it's still very fresh. We'll see how it ages over time. Right, like I haven't rewatched it or anything yet. It could grow more. It could make its way even higher in my pros list for sure in the future. But again, like I just threw it in there. Because I felt like I needed to give it a little bit of respect and I really enjoyed it. But my number four is going to be 
Wally. Wow. It's one of those films and for sure probably the film with the least dialogue out of any of these films for sure. The shit is almost like a silent movie. <laughs> a silent movie. Charlie Chaplin. Uh <laughs> Back in the days, I mean, that's part of it, yo. You know, this shit is cultural. But yeah, it's, uh, if you guys don't know, it takes place very far in the future. It's like robots, weird robot love, touches on like where we're headed in the future and like. With technology and et cetera. Technology and people getting fat and getting lazier and everything's gonna be easier for us, everything's gonna be automatic. And, like, the Earth is almost unrecognizable, and this little robot wants to kind of bring it back in a way. Which means that robot has a conscious. Open your third eye. It's crazy. <laughs> but I really just, I mean, visually is dope. The message is dope. It's looking into the future. But what I like the most is probably the character designs. I don't know if you know this, but the, I think it's called Eve. The white one mm -hmm. with the black face screen mm -hmm. was designed, I think, by Joni Ive or something with Apple that they designed it. Funny thing is, I didn't know that Joni Ive had anything to do with it, but I think I had heard there's like an Apple connection and it is true. Like literally looks like a Apple design, flawless mm -hmm. glass floating with beautiful lights and technology. And it's kind of like this really contrasting like characters uh, they're just really different and wally like the other robot is like a super old school looks like a crane thing with like the wheels and it's like rusty and yellow yeah just like the characters alone to me when it comes to like the design was like interesting enough to keep me entertained in the movie and again yeah everything else like the message and shit is dubbed so i threw that number four for number three, this is actually going to be one that I have just recently seen before this episode to fill in the gaps. I hadn't seen it at all yet, and that is The Incredibles, which I'll be honest, I judge them based off like the style in you know trailers, whatever, where I felt like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this kind of look and I guess aesthetic for the movie and i wasn't ever really interested in watching it and i'd heard people say like oh it's you know great and etc i think you might have even been one of them but i never watched it and it took doing this episode for me to finally go for it but i'm glad i did and really well paced like a lot of stuff happening all the time never really a dull moment just stuff going on front to back Great characters for the family all around, and side characters, much better than I expected. That's dope. I didn't think you would throw that on your list. For my number three, bring a little spice to things, you know? I'll go with Coco. I also want to mention that this is where, like, my list got tough, because my three and two could have arguably placed above my number one when it comes to you know, all the other criteria, like message and feeling and all that. But Coco as my number three, I don't know where to start with this one. Uh, Coco hit in every way possible. <laughs> Visually stunning. Again, kind of spoilers, but not just a little warning. You've probably seen it and not really a big spoiler, but the scenes of like the day of the dead world or the death world, skeleton world, whatever yeah, you want to call it. The floating city of it. Yeah, the floating city. Those visuals have to be, like, top three in Pixar, in my opinion. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. The freaking colors, the lights, the detail was insane. And, of course, like, all with, like, the vibrancy and almost, like, a neon feel to them just makes it all super special. Really entertaining. It's almost like this a weird mix of, like, a drama mixed with action yeah, like an adventure movie almost. Yeah, it's like an adventure movie, so I give that a plus. There's very few. I mean, you just mentioned The Incredibles, which would be the other one that's kind of like that. Yeah, I mean, The Incredibles is more like a superhero action type movie. Right, The Incredibles is like the blockbuster superhero yeah. Marvel movie out of Pixar, which is cool. Like, they should keep that going. Coco is like a weird mix because it has touches of that, but it still has like the deep message and... 
is not what really drives the movie, you know, like the adventure action. This is a very kind of loose comparison, but if you think of like Ferris Bueller as an adventure movie, it could be compared in that way or even like a Indiana Jones or something, that mm -hmm. type of adventure movie. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. But yeah, with that said, well, I mean, the message was crazy. It hit me. Mama Coco, <laughs> like, it's insane. And I know I kind of connect a little bit more. Like, my grandpa was a musician and, you know, it has, like, all that shit. And in a weird way, like, when you're watching the movie and you kind of relate to it this way, it's like, you're biased. Like, it hits you a little bit more. And that's how I felt. It's just one of those movies, like, I watched it and that shit made me warm inside, you know? It made me feel like a mcdonald's apple pie you know fresh out the oven <laughs> <laughs> i legit cried i've seen it twice so far and i like that shit don't miss i also cry easily but it's one of those where like i wouldn't have been mad putting it as my number two number one it'd be tough but again like if i'm in the right mood i would have thrown it up there <laughs> uh but yeah coco number three number two for me I'm going to put the Toy Story series. Wow, number two, okay. <laughs> I, I can't wait to hear number one, but go ahead. <laughs> so I think this is probably the world of Pixar that I'm most connected to just because, as we talked about at the beginning, it's like such a part of childhood and some of my earliest movie memories. And, you know, when that Randy Newman, you got a friend in me comes on, like it just all comes flooding back. And I think the movies still hold up. I'll say real quick that Toy Story 4 is like Home Alone 4. It shouldn't exist. <laughs> but I think 1, 2, and 3 are all solid. Obviously, the OG is super classic, probably still the most classic of them all. But also like the ending of 3... You know, you're talking about Tearjerker, like that's right there when he brings the toys to the little girl right before he's about to drive off to college. Like that's as emotional as it gets right there. And, you know, we talked about being the Pixar generation that also came out right around the time when we were about to start college. So it lines up in terms of that as well. And... Yeah, I think Toy Story just in general is such a classic Pixar movie. I feel like it's the movie slash series that you think of, at least for me, when you think of Pixar as like the very first one that comes to mind. And I think it's also just very timeless, like it'll keep on holding up. Pretty well said. With my number two, I'm going to go with one you actually already mentioned. Want to guess? The Incredibles? Nope. Inside Out. Wow. Like I said, could have also been my number one. Three and two, I feel, could be my number ones. But Inside Out, mostly for the point that you brought up, and it's the concept. Like you mentioned, we went to watch it together. The entire movie for me, it could have also been that time. I don't even want to like look back at it. What year was it? 2015. 2015. Graduating college and whatnot. I don't know if I just watched it at a different time, but, like, the whole movie was, like, a tearjerker for me. And it was strange. I don't even know if we've, like, talked about this before, but, like, the whole time I was, like, fighting tears. Like, yo, I'm watching this with the homie. I can't really be crying right now. But <laughs> I don't remember, like, yo, this is so fire. Like, oh, my God, this is good. Um, so, yeah, like, Inside Out conceptually is fucking insane i remember we came out the theater and it was one of the first things i remember thinking about it like yo how was this not thought of before either for like a book or some sort of entertainment whoever thought of this shit is fucking like genius that's how i felt still kind of feel that way it's so like clever not really a spoiler but it's essentially like you get the feelings inside of this young girl's head who's going through emotions at that time of her life i think they're like moving cities or something with her family mm -hmm. pretty much the whole movie i'll say like 80 percent of the movie takes place like in her brain and it's right happiness sadness yeah joy sadness anger disgust disgust and it's like fear or 
Oh, right, I forget. Right, right. The maybe maybe it's described differently, but it's something similar to fear, at least. Yeah, something like fear, whatever, anxiety or some shit. And, you know, just like the conflicts and how it goes and there's like just how it works. If you haven't watched it, I don't really want to spoil it. But on top of that, I really like the animation, even in between all the heartfelt moments and like all the stuff that wanted to make me cry. It was fun. There's like a bunch of funny um, there's a lot of room for funny and growth. And even something you said, I kind of agree with. Like, there was room for this movie to be better, even at the time. And for sure, if it was done now or even later, it could have been way closer to a masterpiece, I think. Even if they just played around more with other people's emotions or something, because there's like points where they go into like the cat's brain and other people's brains yeah and like the mom and dad also yeah and those are fucking hilarious moments like clever like the dad just has sports on (laughs) yeah exactly like more things that way would have given it like an extra point i think and i mean other little things but i think this movie the concept alone just drives it and yeah it's my number two the way you think about your brain and your emotions is forever changed after that. Like it creates visuals and a world for that, that didn't exist in your own head before that. And kind of sets this whole thing up that you had never like had the visuals to express it. So yeah. Number one, let's get to them. (laughs) So my number one is coco no way for real (laughs) that's a surprise yeah i mean i was trying to hold back on making comments when you're talking about it to not spoil it but i agree with everything you said like the visuals are just crazy front to back from the floating city to just all the day of the dead stuff and mexican culture in general is very colorful so it lends itself to that This is, again, one where I feel like it speaks to both kids and adults easily. And for adults, the idea of, you know, not wanting to be forgotten and the importance of family and all this stuff. Again, we were talking about tearjerker parts. Like, I don't remember the first time for sure, but I just rewatched it again for this episode. And at least this time, the remember me scene at the end with him and the grandma, like... That's just an instant. I'm about to cry right now, bro. (laughs) No. (laughs) But yeah, like, Toy Story, again, it's more personal in a way, but I feel like Coco is a better movie all around, and it kind of touches on things that all of these movies do well, but combined, it does them the best. And I feel like it held up really well on a second watch and will for years to come. I'm still looking for, like, a fire-ass pin of the spirit world dog. Like, the Mm, colorful one. Yeah. So fucking dope. But, (laughs) yeah, uh, I completely agree with everything. And, I mean, I said it even when I mentioned Inside Out and Coco, my three and two. Like, these both could have been my number one. But my true number one, or at least how it happened on this list, is the toy story series wow the only reason it's up there and i kind of had to throw it up there at least for this list is because of the entire series it is the first thing i think of when i think of pixar it was the start probably has the biggest nostalgia factor out of all these movies obviously it's the oldest and the one that we were watching as a kid so many iconic things that come from it you know talking about woody obviously but bus lightyear and everything he says and to infinity and beyond and all the lines pizza planet so fucking dope to this day (laughs) it's almost like hey arnold with like Mm. design and the feel interesting yeah you know how like hey arnold's room is like yo if i could remake that room (laughs) one day that's kind of how i feel about pizza planet when it comes to like a pizza restaurant or something like yo that would be just so dope to like remake or see did you know that they have like the Pizza Planet van in A Bug's Life by the trailer when he goes to the city? Yeah. And they yeah. also have I've like hidden it. references in a couple other places. I, I feel like I didn't know that, but I've seen it like on one of those like Twitter things. Where, like, right, Did right. you know? Or it's like pictures and shit that you see after the fact. 
And obviously, like you said, uh, you got a friend in me, the tracks, even the voices in it. Like who? Fuck. Tom Hanks, Tim Allen. Tom Hanks. Yeah, and real quick, just on that, I feel like voice casting has always been such a great thing that Pixar does too. And even in another one in that, for Jesse, having Joan Cusack, I think is like a perfect example of someone who like she's not the most famous actress in the world but she is great at what she does and she fits that character perfectly and i feel like their voice casting decisions are always on point both in terms of the fit of the character and also just by the end having a nice mix of people for who they choose for that yeah exactly like the movie series is a staple for all these reasons and just done really well and again like i put it there because it's like a series of them one through four i know you talk shit about number four and i do agree not the best of them all but i still enjoyed it it was kind of like their farewell because they had said that's like the last one right we'll see i wouldn't say they forced it but it wasn't bad I, i wouldn't con it i didn't hate watching it but it just felt super unnecessary and like yeah, we didn't need three it. Three had sure. such a good ending that I don't think they needed it. But yeah, three hit different. And like you said, we were like going to college and shit. And I'm for sure cried on that shit. Yeah. Toy Story, the series, number one. All right. So let's move on to cons. And for this side, it's not going to be in any specific order. And we're just going to go through each of ours all at once. So I'll start it off. And my first one. Again, not in order, but just that I'll bring up is with our pros list, we were pretty similar, but one that you had different was Wally. And I got to say, that's one of my cons. I feel like it was so hyped up at the time. And to me, it didn't live up to that at all. Didn't feel connected to this robot character, which I feel like usually Pixar does a good job of making you kind of sympathize with anything they animate. But Wally just didn't connect for me. Also, like you mentioned, it has a very low amount of dialogue. I just felt like it was kind of boring. And I even popped it on to rewatch to see if I was like remembering it too harshly. Like I was just going off the hype at the time. But it was one where I couldn't even focus on it when trying to rewatch. Like it just doesn't hold my attention, doesn't work for me. So that's on my list. And I know that's kind of a hot take because a lot of people like you are really into it. And I would say the other hot take on my cons list that people really love is Up, which I'll say that on this one, the beginning of it, like the first 10, 15 minutes or something is good. But then once the house floats away, so does my interest. Like it just leaves. I just don't like the rest of the movie after that. And even the kind of main grandpa character i know he's supposed to be like grumpy and stuff but i just don't find him likable and i i get why you're supposed to sympathize with him with the opening montage and stuff but just not a fan of him don't really enjoy the story and those even though i'm not a big fan of them they do feel like pixar movies to me like i acknowledge that But then my other ones on this cons list, I feel like not as much. And especially the next one, which is Brave, which feels like a Disney slash DreamWorks movie to me, just like a princess type story. It's not bad. Like I didn't hate watching it, but it just felt kind of generic and boilerplate almost and didn't really do much for me. After that, we have The Good Dinosaur, which also wasn't bad. I kind of enjoyed it. But I don't know, like something's missing with it from it being a real Pixar movie. And then the last one for me is Onward, which is the one that just came out before Soul. And Onward, to me, was a little more Pixar-y. But again, something was missing where I just didn't connect with it. It doesn't feel like a kind of big Pixar movie. It feels like a, I don't know, it just doesn't have that it factor that Pixar movies usually have for me so those would be my five cons i don't think that i would con many pixar movies these would be some of the weakest cons i have it's mostly just because like i have to choose them for the sake of the episode i have to like 
throw something in there. And Cars is just one of them. I actually like number one. Kind of enjoyed two. Got to three. It's like, all right. It's kind of like the Home Alone effect. Like, <laughs> let's wrap it up. <laughs> I really enjoy Cars the ride on Disneyland. I think it's one of the cooler things they have. The ride itself and the whole world. But, yeah, I don't know. It got old. I also have, like, this really bad memory where, like, a summer, when the first one or second came out, I spent it in Boston with my family. And my little cousin would watch it at least twice a day. Damn. So, yeah, that can ruin it. So maybe that's part of it. The movie itself isn't that bad. However, it's on there. Another one that I guess I'd throw in the series in there is Monsters, Inc. And Monsters University, I think. Never into them. Kind of enjoy them. I could see why people like them and love the characters. They have really bright spots in the movies where there's like comedy and they're actually really entertaining. But this is one where like the concept doesn't thrill me much. Like I got it, you know, some the monsters and kids and under the bed and blah, blah, blah. Just one of the ones that's not for me. Here, I'll also throw in A Bug's Life. Uh, <laughs> I know I mentioned it earlier as one of my earliest Pixar watches, but this is the one that I feel since I've gotten older and have become a fan of Pixar, I've probably watched the least, or I don't think I've ever even rewatched it since I was a kid. I've seen like clips and I'm like, uh, I don't know, the design, the honestly barely even remember what the movie's about. But again, I guess it's just like the concept of it. I don't, doesn't grasp me and had to throw it on here. Then I have Finding Dory. But would you group that with Finding Nemo together? I don't know if I want to throw Finding Nemo in there. Funny enough, I'm just not the biggest fan of Dory's character. I don't think she's terrible. I know she's like the character with the disability and shit. And that's part of it, which is kind of cool to represent in that way. It just kind of gets old to me and like that repetitiveness that comes with her character also it was just like a different version of finding nemo which is fine but wasn't necessary yeah i feel like in general their sequels are like the same movie being remade yeah last but not least i guess i'll throw up in there as well uh there's a lot of hype people love this movie for many reasons the only thing i like yeah are like the visuals and some of the ideas behind it, but this is one of the ones where, like, the tearjerker moment with, like, you know, the wife and the the quick death that always happens in Pixar movies didn't even hit me for some reason. Interesting relationship between characters and shit, but, yeah, it was easy for me to throw on this cons list, even though I wouldn't necessarily con it. Alright, so now that we've done our top five pros and cons, we'll just do a quick ranking of all their filmography. So, kicking off, we got Toy Story in 1995. I'll go with, like, a solid to heavy pro. Probably heavy. Yeah, I'll join you on this one and go with uh, solid to heavy pro as well. Next up, we go with A Bug's Life, which came out in 1998. Light pro. I'll go with a very, very light con. Then we got Toy Story 2 in 1999. Solid to heavy pro. I'll give this a solid pro. Then we got Monsters, Inc., which came out in 2001. I'd say very light pro for me. I'd go with a very, very light pro. Then we got Finding Nemo in 2003. Light to solid pro. Also very light pro. Then we have The Incredibles, 2004. I'll go solid to heavy pro. This is solid pro. Then we got Cars in 2006. Light pro. Light Pro. Next up, we have Ratatouille, 2007. Light Pro. Real quick, if I didn't put Soul in my list, Ratatouille would have been my number five. Okay. But I give this a solid pro. Then we got Wally in 2008. I go with a solid pro. I'll go with a solid to heavy con. Damn. Then we have Up in 2009. Go with a solid to heavy con on that as well. Harsh. Very, very light pro. Then we got Toy Story 3 in 2010. I'd say Solid to Heavy Pro. I'd go with a Solid to Heavy Pro. And we have Cars 2, which came out in 2011. Very light pro. Same. This one's a very light pro. Then we got Brave in 2012. 
I go with a very light pro. I'll go with a light con. And we have Monsters University 2013. Go with the light pro. That one I go with a very light con. Then we got Inside Out in 2015. This one I have to go with a heavy pro. Go with like a solid pro. Then we have The Good Dinosaur 2015. I'll go with a very light pro. Not applicable. Haven't seen it yet. <laughs> then we got Finding Dory in 2016. Very light pro. Very light pro. Then we have Cars 3 2017. I've got the very light pro. Where should it ended? <laughs> or shouldn't have been made? <laughs> I go with a light con. Then Coco, 2017. Easy heavy pro here. I'll go with the heavy pro. Then we have the long-awaited Incredibles 2, 2018. Light to solid pro. Solid pro. Then we got Toy Story 4 in 2019. I'd go with a light pro. I'll go with somewhere between a very light pro and very light con. Because I didn't hate it. No. Uh, I'll go with a very light con. Wow. I can see the fight in your eyes. <laughs> you want to like this movie. <laughs> then we have Onward 2020. I'll go with the light con. Not applicable. It's the second movie I haven't seen. And then finally, we have the most recent Soul in 2020. Go with the solid pro. With the potential to go to heavy when I rewatch it, whenever that is. And I'll go with the solid pro. Alright, so that wraps up those. And then real quick before we finish, in terms of the future of Pixar, they have this one called Luca coming out in June of this year, 2021, which coincidentally they dropped the trailer for it this past week, even though we had already been planning this episode, but it's good timing. It's hard to tell for me like how it's going to go, but it is set in Italy, so that should at least be cool on the visuals and it kind of has like a call me by your name Mm -hmm. slash shape of water type vibe and there were jokes when it was announced because it's called luca which is the first name of the director of call me by your name as well because the synopsis was like a young boy experiences an unforgettable summer in italy and all the stuff with his newfound best friend but all the fun is threatened by a deeply held secret and Mm -hmm. all the stuff but I mean, I don't watch trailers or anything like that. I saw some images. It looks interesting. No key. If it is Pixar meets Call Me By Your Name meets The Shape of Water, let's do it. I'm here for it. Con Shape of Water, but I'm still interested. And yeah, they also have like Disney Plus stuff coming. They have a Monsters, Inc. spinoff show in July. Uh And they have some other stuff coming up like a Cars spinoff. And also there's a buzz lightyear origin movie but that's going to be about the backstory of the human movie character who inspired buzz lightyear which sounds really weird so why i don't know it's just so strange funny enough i guess the buzz lightyear one might be the only one i'd give a chance but i guess the market is there for cars and the monster spinoff but i'll feel like that'd be for sure for the younger crowd but yeah i mean These are only a few of the things coming out. Like we said before, Pixar is always building off what they've done before. So I think we could agree that we would pro their future because they seem to just be progressing more and more on that end. And it's not like they've had no good movies recently. Obviously, we've talked about Soul as being one we liked. Yeah, I'm fully looking forward to anything they release, whether I like it or not. These films tend to always be really well made. I guess after that is whether you connect to them or not, or you know, if it appeals to you, but they never really quite disappoint. And I don't know how I feel about them continuing to release stuff just on Disney Plus or if going back to theaters is the move. But well, real quick, also as a closing note, I feel like the Disney Plus creation as a platform in general has been a huge. Plus, no pun intended, for Pixar. It's one central home for you to watch all the Pixar movies. Like, even for me doing prep for this episode of filling in gaps or rewatching certain ones, it was super easy. Just pull up Disney Plus, which I currently have access to, and just watch anything under that banner there. So, 
it's easier than ever. Real quick, you pay for Disney Plus or you got someone's account? It's like free through a Verizon thing, at least uh, at the moment. So gotta love that corporate synergy. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my cousin Bert passing the password, but yeah. One last thing before we go. Is there any specific things, whether like a place or theme or type of activity or whatever that you would want to see in an upcoming Pixar movie? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I know it's kind of a touchy subject, I guess, but it'd be interesting to see Pixar's take on like the immigrant experience or something like that. Mm. They could get super creative with that. and I'm pretty sure it'd be somewhere like inside out meets coco or something when it comes to like the culture of coco but the dilemma and struggle of inside out and stuff like that but again that's like me going thinking inside the box you know pixar they think outside of it (laughs) yeah i mean also they typically combine a bunch of things into one story that all kind of merge with each other so that's another thing like even inside out merging the concept of in the brain and emotions with moving from one city to another and stuff like that so it could be a combo thing but yeah i was thinking about it myself and some of the ones i thought of just briefly would be like one set in tokyo i think would be really Mm -hmm. interesting with their visual style i think there could be an interesting like hanukkah or some type of jewish one could be cool there could be a dope summer camp one. I feel like they would kill that. Mm. And there's some other stuff, but there's still so much that they haven't covered. So it's exciting to think of the different possibilities out there. Oh, yeah. And finally, real quick, before we go to our wrap-up thoughts, I just want to shout out real quick the short films that Pixar does. For people who don't know, these are usually shown before the actual full movie in the theater. Right. But I think it's just a cool idea... I mean, they started out making shorts, which was what got them attention in the first place. And they've kept that going over the years as a way to experiment and try new things, but also just to add other fun stuff to stories and movies, like side parts of a movie, like The Incredibles, like a little scene with Jack-Jack. Shout out Jack-Jack. And I think it's something that live action movies should even do too, like someone like an A24 It'd be cool if they did short films they presented before their features. Yeah. And obviously on streaming, it's different. But even on Disney Plus, there's a section for all the shorts. So I just think it's a cool part of Pixar. And some are better than others, of course. But I still pro the idea of it no matter what. So Yeah, it's just always super well done. It's a Pixar film. I mean, I'd go with uh, Light Pro. But yeah, overall... I mean, I think we've covered everything pretty well, made our feelings pretty clear. I would say it's no surprise that I would give Pixar overall as a company a heavy pro. I feel like even with some movies that I'm not as into, I still think they have an insane track record and they've produced so many classics already and you can always count on them. They're always going to be quality, have such attention to detail They make things for all ages that appeal to everyone. They're comforting, but they also challenge you and make you think and are emotional. And again, we're like the prime Pixar generation. Like we grew up as their first movies were coming out. So I feel like we have an especially personal connection with them. So just one of the best companies out there, I think. Yeah, I'd have to second that and go with the very heavy pro for pixar overall like i said they just don't miss yeah i know i gave some like cons and stuff like that but again that's like me personally can't hate on anyone liking anything else or any of those that i con but yeah like their message is always important they're super creative concepts are always insane like we mentioned with inside out and visuals are only getting stronger as technology gets better and People get creative over time. Shout out to Steve Jobs for letting this company stay afloat. The God. Always giving people what they didn't know they needed. Pixar. But yeah, that wraps it up for this episode of Pros and Cons. I'm Kev. You can find me at Same Old Kev pretty much everywhere. And I'm Jack. You can find me at Jack Bloom Summer. Summer with an O on everything. 
live every day like there's no tomorrow. Pixar. <laughs> blink, blink, lamp. Stump, stump, I. Outro. <laughs> Out of here. And probably end with the most famous catchphrase of them all. To infinity and beyond. <laughs>